Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
everybody. Happy Thursday. Thank you for tuning in to the Rory Sauter Show. I'm your host, Rory Sauter, coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. It is great to be back with all of you. We had a fantastic show last night, amazing guests, uh, great topics. So much was addressed and established. Um, we, uh, I want to thank, first and foremost, my amazing audience. We are now listened to and downloadable in 22 different countries. We're on over 50 online platforms. You guys are incredible. Uh, thank you to all the sponsors and uh, my co-hosts and all, and all these uh, incredible guests that we always constantly have on, and it's, uh, it's never-ending. I mean, you know, so much of these guests you could talk to all day long. I mean, they've lived such a, an incredible and, and very profound life. And uh, it's just one of those things, man. I, I tell you, it's so, uh, such a huge blessing and honor. Uh, huge show tonight. A lot has happened in the last 24 hours. Uh, we're going to get into the whole blackface controversy. We're going to get into Elizabeth Warren being a fake Indian. We're going to get into Cortez's AOC Green New Deal, which will pay Americans who are, who are unwilling to work, basically enabling the lazy, enabling people that feel entitled, feel like we owe them something, feel like they should have stuff handed to them. This is the kind of America that we have turned into, sadly, unfortunately. We've turned into little children whining and fussing constantly because we don't get our own way. And this was, this has been in the worst shape. This was in the worst shape when Obama was in office. You know, yes, it obviously existed before Obama came along. I'm not going to blame Obama for this entirely, but he enabled, you know, this kind of behavior more than any leader we have ever seen. And it's just pathetic and sad, the kind of mess Trump has to clean up. And, you know, if we would have been saying some of the things about Obama that the left has said about Trump, uh, there would be hell uh, to pay. There would be nothing but uh, fire and fury on all these different uh, liberal media outlets saying conservatives are, are racist, bigots. It, it's such a double standard. It's unbelievably real, you know, how, how uh, in existence uh, this double standard is and how the Democrats don't get held to the same um, level of, uh, you know, accountability. But I do want to inter introduce uh, my co-host. Uh, lobbyist, activist, and political strategist, Josh Alavate. How are you, buddy? Fantastic, my friend. How are you? Doing well, man. What are your thoughts? Dude, I tell you what, especially with, with everything that's deal, going on, I mean, uh, in the this, last 24 hours, I'll tell you, uh, we've listen, had... Well, first like, off, so, it's been crazy. There's been, there's been all kinds of stuff. And, you know, the funny part is it's all been blunders on the Democratic side. Even yeah. even the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, had some very interesting comments on this Green New Deal that AOC right. is bringing up. I mean, and that and the line you just said about them paying you not to work. Th listen, she said she. So what she did today was she put out an outline of the Green New Deal. So she didn't write the whole thing. She just put out an outline. In the outline, yeah. one of the bullet points says that. The people that should be able to opt out of working, either people that are physically unable or people who don't want to work. <laughs> don't want it. Which is absolutely, which is absurd. I mean, it's like, don't, I don't want to really work either. Could I get a check too? Like, I think, honestly, right. in all, I mean, I think I'm going to start voting Democrat at this point because, I mean, <laughs> I like the way this is going. This, I mean, who's going to, I mean, who's going to pay for this? 
The American people exactly. sure aren't. First off, first off, the American people are going to call her insane and move on. She even stated in her uh, in her talking about it that apparently 64% of Republicans supported it. Uh, I don't know where the hell she got that poll from, but that's freaking hysterical. And 92% of Democrats, yeah, they'll support it until the country is broke and uh, we're living in poverty, poverty like Venezuela. I mean, give me a break. Oh, you're, ab- you're absolutely right. And this is how it starts, you know, that they bait their voters with free stuff and they'll go so over the top and, and go so outrageous with the stuff they say, especially with the Democratic Party today and how left wing and how, I mean, there's no middle ground anymore. There's no moderate left. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And you've got people like Camilla Harris supporting it, uh, Bernie, obviously, we know that. And uh, a lot of these 2020 candidates are supporting this crazy socialist um, agenda. And this should, have, this should have any American, regardless of party, terrified, because they are trying to drag the same ideology uh, into these brains that uh, the Venezuelan people have gone through. No, you're among many others. Right. Uh, among well, many others who I mean, lost their whole country to socialism. But go ahead. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And listen, this the socialism doesn't work. I don't. I, socialists still say that it hasn't been "quote unquote" fully implemented. Well, if if we have to get past a major bloodshed, starvation. And, you know, country, countries going into revolt and revolution, uh, if we have to get past that step to get socialism to apparently, quote, unquote, uh, fully work, then I'm really not that interested in finding out what the final product is, in all honesty, because people right. are dying because of this economic policy. And you know what the funniest part is, is that if you really look at the Democrat platform and what they're doing, they're creating the definition of insanity. They're trying to do the same thing over and over that is proven many times and every single time that socialism does not work. And, and look at all these countries that have gone into extreme poverty and are extremely poor and have nothing and are basically facing massive inflation like Venezuela. Some, a lot of the women are selling their bodies just so they can eat. Uh, people are, are starving. Uh, and, and Democrats have the nerve in America to say, oh, well, you know, they just did it wrong. They just, they just, you know, there was something not right about the way they did it. No, socialism is socialism. It's communism. There, what, what, it's, it works all the same. There is no difference. No matter how, which way you spin it, no matter which way you portray it, no matter which way you put it to, put it to the surface, it's all the same. I mean, yeah. you're absolutely correct. The best part about it is, and what I find hysterical, is that uh, yes. Bernie Sanders, in some of his speeches, pointed to Venezuela as being the, the country that was the one that we were, you know, that was starting to do it right, so to speak. And, uh, you know, <laughs> honestly, though, if anybody should have the opportunity to do socialism yes. right, Venezuela yes. should be the one. I mean, they have yeah. one of the biggest oil reserves. I think it's the biggest known oil reserve in the, na- you know, in the world. If anybody would have been able to sustain socialism for a long time, it should have been uh, Venezuela. But 
guess what? Right. When you take away all private industry, you don't. No one buys or sells the oil, so then it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. They could be right. literally sitting on a country uh, on a country made of gold. The the right. dirt could be gold, and they would still be in this yeah. situation. Yeah, and let, let's face the facts here: is that anybody with a logical, insane state of mind knows that you know that this is the oldest trick in the Democratic playbook: um, control, control. You know, obviously they don't have plantations anymore, so they get, they go with government control and hold that over people's heads, and you know that's how they uh, bait their voters. Which is, is absolutely it's it's un-American, it's unethical, it's disgusting in every single way possible. It's enabling poverty, and you have like the homeless epidemic that's massively increasing all over our country. And what is the Democrat solution to it? Oh, I know. Let's tax these big corporations and the rich. Uh, all this money, and let's, you know what that does? They've been doing that for years, and guess what, guess what it does? All it does is add to the problem. It creates more homeless people. It creates more lazy people. It, cre- it just adds on to the epidemic. You know, there needs to be um, serious, uh, you know, if the Democrats want to, you know, have a platform in the future, <laughs> they need to take a close look at themselves. You know, obviously I know that my party um, is, is not perfect, you know, we have rhinos and we have uh, bureaucrats and we have all these crooked politicians. Well, not, not a lot in our party, but we do. Um, but the left is unreal. I mean, it's – and I, you know, I don't want to sound biased, but I'm just telling you how it is. I mean, after watching some of the stuff I've seen on CNN lately and some of these interviews on Good Morning America, uh, you know, you name it. I mean, the, the liberal media controls 97% of TV, so conservatives only get that 3%. But it's, it's unreal. And the fact that people still eat this stuff up. Come on, are you kidding? You know, well, I mean, they, they, don't, they don't have anything else. Sadly, with it being 97%, they don't have anything else to eat up. And, I mean, on, right. on top of you talking about the plantation, I mean, yes. we, can, we can sit there and talk about them brainwashing people. When, and then yes. one of their governors is seen in a, a black face or a KKK yeah. hood. You can pick which a one Democrat. you want. Yep. I mean, I, a, a, Demo, a Democrat governor, and, and here's the deal with that. My dad, you know, things were different back uh, when, when um, you know, yeah. the, this Reagan, picture was were taken, so to speak. JFK Democrats, which is basically Exactly, you know. And we weren't we weren't at that that point of you know um, where maybe some people wouldn't have thought that that was a problem. Well, I have to say, my dad's about the same age as that governor, and there would have been no situation where he would have worn blackface or a KKK hood. I don't know when that has, especially the KKK hood. That has never been funny. I don't care what anybody says. The KKK yep. has never been funny and is never anything right. you should support in reality or right. as a joke. Two, two things. Number one, uh, let's not forget when we were talking about socialism that every country that you see succeeding and wealthy has been built on capitalism. You don't get wealthy as a nation and become a powerhouse on socialism. There is a – you know, I, I get certain countries have a socialism curriculum somewhat, but they've built – their country's success on capitalism. And anybody who denies that is a liar. And I'll debate anybody on that all day long. Like, they won't beat me in that debate. I can guarantee you. Uh, but, but what you said about blackface, 
you know, this is a Democrat, and now we have the, 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 the guy that, who's going to take his place, the black um, attorney, the, the lieutenant governor, black guy, and all of a sudden, when he was about to take this guy's spot, if this guy was going to resign, oh, a rape, a rape accuser comes out from years ago, uh, you know, with these allegations. And then what happens? The third person in line to take the spot, the attorney general, he comes out and says he's guilty of wearing blackface and, and doing this at all these parties. You have all three Democrats who have basically admitted guilt. It, 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 it's, it's insane to me. It's insane. It, it's, I, I can't fathom what's going on right now, but just imagine if this was a Republican, if this was a conservative, the media would not stop talking about it. But since it's a liberal, since it's a left-wing, uh, you know, these Democrats, they just let it go, uh, you know, after a day or two. They don't talk about it anymore. And that should drive anybody crazy. And that's exactly what I go to, uh, back to with the double standard. In both of our parties, I mean, no, I mean, I mean with, the, with, the, with, the left, with, the, with what the left is held uh, reliable for uh, compared to the right, sadly. Uh, but I do want to welcome uh, our first couple special guests. We have nationally syndicated radio talk show host, lobbyist, successful businessman, public speaker, political consultant, strategist, and activist, Clint Bellows. How are you, my friend? I'm fine. I'm still a capitalist. Um, as, uh, what's the guy on the, on the Duck Show, Bill Robertson? He said there's only yeah, two isms yeah. that, I, uh, that I believe in, capitalism and baptism. Get rid of all the other isms. Well, thank you for having me on the show tonight, Rory. That's great. Absolutely. It's great to have you here. We have doctor, award-winning speaker, veteran, technology expert, best-selling author, and Arizona superintendent of public instruction, a public instruction 2018 candidate, and commissioner, current commissioner of Parks and Recreation for Maricopa County, Dr. Robert Branch. How are you? Hey, I'm fantastic, Rory. Great show tonight. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. Yeah, and I also want to introduce uh, director, activist, and political strategist Gianni Rodriguez. How are you, my friend? Doing great. Doing great. Glad to be on. Yeah, well, Gianni, let's go to you yeah. first, man. I, I want your thoughts on this on this blackface thing. I mean, you can only imagine, you know, if it was a Republican. You can only imagine the outpouring. You can only imagine the the crazy. Uh, spin that the media would put on this. Uh, tell me your thoughts, though. I mean, it, it's just the, the way this story has uh, transpired and just came into the, to the mix in the last 48 hours is awfully weird. You have three people, all Democrats, that are basically guilty in one way or the other. And the fourth person on the list to take that job, you know, if that Virginia governor does resign, is a Republican. So, Oh my God! It's just, and then obviously, it just goes on and on, and and this really is who the Democrats are. I mean, they, you know, especially in Virginia. Let's not forget they started the KKK, they started plantations, they started slavery. Who was it who freed the black slaves from the plantations? It was the Republicans who voted against it. Democrats. Uh, Gianni, go ahead. Yeah. So what I would say, it it definitely is like a real strange situation. Like I mean, <laughs> it's like. It's been Virginia. I mean, it, it not nowhere. Yes. It's not anywhere else. Not Florida. Not Alabama. None. Of, nowhere right. else. It's always been Virginia, and I right. just I don't get that. I don't get why that happened. Like this whole week and last week. I mean, it's strange. 
Uh, but when it comes to uh, blackface, uh, it's they called him the uh, coon so man for God's sake, it, and he's trying to deny it. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to when it comes to uh, blackface, like there's two ways you can view it. All right, you got my friends. I had you know I was in a fraternity. So I understand how, you know, these people that grew up, you know, in majority white neighborhoods wouldn't see a problem wrong with wearing blackface, you know. And I can understand that part. But the other part, it really shows how, you know, the the saying about the big switch, you know, the Republicans uh, actually – uh, no, the Democrats actually became the new the, uh, racist Democrats from the 60s, 50s and up actually became the yeah. Republicans and the Republicans in the whole switch. This shows you that that is not true. This shows you that right. not one Democrat switched from Democrat to Republican just right. because, oh, it's civil rights. Not one. I mean, the only one was Strom Thurmond. That is the only person that ever changed. And that really shows you that the Democrats, all they did was just change the way they view racism. They changed it from blatant racism, you know, and things like wearing KKK, being around all these people. Well, they say, you know what? How could we get them? We could get them by policy. So now that these things are actually coming out, that they were wearing blackface and KKK outfits and saying these racist things, it really proves our point. I mean, look at the president, Lyndon Baines Johnson. I knew you were going to bring that up. Yep, I love it. Yeah, I mean, think about it. We knew – He started this mess. He started this mess. Yeah, I mean, come on. That's why he got got elected. He even said on the phone. Uh, He was like, you know what? I'm sick of this house Negro, Martin Luther King. Or what is it? I forgot how he said it. I think it was Reverend King. Uh, And then the guy was on the phone. They had this on YouTube of him actually saying this. And he said, you know what, I'll have those niggas voting Democrat for the next 200 years, you know? And yeah. I'm yep. just like, exactly right. I'm like, yeah, I'm just like, it's LBJ knowingly, people knowingly knew he used the N-word on the phone call over and over and over again. You can go on YouTube if you think I'm lying. It's all up there, him using the N-word or oh, him, you know, talking oh, about MLK complaining. It, it just shows it's re- the it's real. truly is. Yeah, and here's, here's what, you know, what they say in life. Sometimes you accuse people what you're actually guilty of. In that situation, in that instance, this, this applies to the Democrats. They're always trying to accuse the Republicans of racism, but in reality, it's the Democrats who are really racist. You know, in more of a subtle manner, obviously they don't have plantations and stuff anymore, but they're still controlling people subtly through government control, uh, baiting, baiting their voters. I mean, that's, that's how they operate. It's sad. But, yeah. You know, when a, you have of, all these people lazy in America, they buy into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think what's going on is I want you to notice something. I want you to look at, you yeah. know, they point to Charlottesville. They point to these crazy yeah. white nationalists like, you know, Robert Spencer. And I mean, these guys are goofballs. No, one no hey, hey, seriously. hey, Rob, Robert I, Spencer, real quick, people get him mixed up. Robert Spencer is the director of Jihad Watch. You're talking about Richard Spencer. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, Richard Spencer. Yeah. Yeah, and they, <laughs> and they take these guys, they say, oh, well, there we go. He's a Republican. You know, he's. De-. I'm like, listen, no one's taking them seriously. The Democrats are like, man, those racist people, you know, the racist rednecks and all that, you guys are stuck back in the 1950s. We're not wearing robes anymore and hanging, you know, black people from a tree. We're creating policies yeah. to destroy the community now. 
You guys need to come and update, and that's what's going on. That's exactly what's going on today. I mean, look at every, uh, you know, black community in America. There's not one you can point to that you can say is successful today that was after LBJ. After LBJ, everything has been going downhill and been been destroyed. But now under President Trump, we've seen black unemployment. What? I mean, come on. And this is what the Democrats are mad at. This is what they're mad at. So they're going to look for anybody that's a redneck. And they hear, oh, make America great again. That means go back to the 1950s with the white economy. You know, they're going to hear that. Of course, they're going to react in that way. But it's not going on. Obviously, Trump is not a racist. Look at black unemployment. Look at Hispanic unemployment. Look at all these unemployment. Look at who, how, who he's appointing to certain positions. I mean, come on. I think what goes to that, Rory, that I'd like to I'd like to chime in on that. If you look at the hypocrisy of the the Hollywood elite, they can't even yeah. get a host now for the Oscars because I'm of this glad, hypocrisy. I'm glad you brought this up, Doctor Branch. I want you to continue, Amen. but let Amen. me play this for forty. Let me play this for forty seconds, real quick. Jimmy Kimmel, you, you know, a few years ago in blackface, mocking Carl Malone. Can you imagine if a Republican would have mocked a black player like Carl Malone? I mean, the backlash would have been insane. And I do want to say, I get there are a ton of people that dressed up in blackface. I get that people, you know, had, they claim it was fun, you know, and, and they didn't, some of them didn't mean to hurt anybody. But I'll say, the political correctness kind of has gone too far. Whether this is okay or it's not, I mean, it's obviously not. It's obviously offensive. But... You know, people are too damn sensitive in this country. I mean, it's like people have to start crying. And like I said, Obama was a big factor in this, but, you know, with, with all the childish behavior. But I want to play this. And, you know, for instance, like, like imagine if this was going to play today. And so many people like Jimmy Kimmel are guilty of blackface. And that's why they're not talking about it on their network or bashing Trump about it. Or, you know, they're not talking about their own party being so – uh, flawed. I mean, it's 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 crazy. Sometime at night, that's going to be a spooky time. That's what Cuomo say. Government got to step up and give 102% keeping them little green men off this here earth. Because the day them dudes stick something up Cuomo, but that ain't going to be no good time for nobody. Especially Cuomo, but listen up, BT. You better stay the hell back. Nadu, Nadu. Wow, he called a black guy E.T. Jesus, I that's pretty racist. I mean, that's pretty fucked up. Excuse my language, Doctor Branch. Go ahead. Well, I'll tell you what. It, it, you know, if you look at, you know, the the. I mean, it's just hypocrisy, and they're getting all caught up into it. And to me, I I I kind of think Virginia is perfect uh, with what's happening. And I heard a joke today that. West Virginia is so embarrassed of Virginia, they're calling them Southeast Kentucky. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. So, uh, wow. you know, when you, when you look at, when you look at what's going on um, in, yeah. in today's world uh, and how it's fueled, 
to me, it's 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 just out of control. It really is, and now they're all caught up into their own hypocrisy, and it, it's yeah. it's 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 incredible. It's incredible the world we live in right now. You know, and last, it, you last know, night you were talking about empire. Yeah. You know, with what yeah. happened in empire. Well, yeah, if yeah, you that, look at guy, it, re- remember. T- yeah, Jesse Smith. You're talking about Jesse Smith, the guy that uh, we believe staged the attack in Chicago because his story just doesn't add up. Bleach paint, minus 20 degrees, guys in shorts attacking him at a subway at 2 in the morning. Are you kidding me? But remember what and happened cops in can't, Cops still can't find the tapes either. Cops been trying to track down camera, and, and he won't even turn in over his cell phone records, and he's hiding certain things, and he won't give them uh, certain answers. Which, I mean, it leads me to believe this guy's a liar, and let's face it. How often have Democrats been guilty of making up stuff when political season is right around the corner for their own advantage? Well, Many times Well, that's been what I wanted to point out. That's what I wanted to point out because last night I didn't get a chance to chime in on that. Remember in 2015, the, uh, the, the actress that plays uh, uh, Cookie, Tajay, what, Henson? She uh, filed a complaint and said that her son was racially profiled by cops and stopped in UC, uh, near UCLA and in Glendale, and that it was violent, it was an illegal search and seizure, everything. However, the police mm-hmm. released the tapes that showed a very polite gentleman. Her son was very polite. The police officers were very polite. They were asking questions. The questions were being answered, and it was just all fabricated, what she said. And, you know, why is this happening is, is some of the questions that we have to ask ourselves. And it's very mm-hmm. serious. I mean, it's, it's a very serious problem that we have. Yeah, it's a I, I hear it. uh, propaganda machine, really, and it's, uh, it's not simply spontaneous, in my view. It's part of a, an overall plan uh, that uh, coalitions of people have come together to spread misinformation that contributes to the narrative uh, that they want to create, which is probably 99% false, has just enough truth in it in some cases to ring true to some people. Uh, but it's not, you know, it's not an act, it's not an accident, for example, that we have after hundreds of years of this, uh, of, uh, of, you know, not terrible relations with Mexico and our Central American uh, out, uh, brothers and sisters, they're not allies, certainly. All of a sudden now they've decided this is the time to create these caravans with thousands of people coming out of uh, Central America, hell-bent to get into the United States illegally. Uh, that Those weren't their ideas. Uh, I've been in those countries, and by and large, many of those people were, were happy where they were. And uh, there have been, you know, it's really like, uh, the, of course, the human trafficking thing is a big piece of that. And drugs are a big piece of that. But I believe, uh, and I'll shut up because I don't want to monopolize anything, I think there's serious interest behind it. I think if you really dig on Tom Steyer or the clown that owns Progressive Insurance or George Soros or many others, you could find connections there between what's going on and who's paying for it. Yeah. Uh, Josh, go ahead. You know, I'd I'd absolutely be be in agreement 
with what was just said. I mean, especially involving these caravans, how they just kind of pop up out of nowhere. There's some sort of, there's something else going on here that we've kind of assumed this, you know, uh, and it just doesn't make sense when things don't, when things don't compute directly, you can see, you can, you know, you can see the blood in the water, so to speak. You may not know where the blood's coming from, but the blood's there. Yeah, and the way the way they are masterminds at you know CNN, MSNBC, at dividing people, uh, you know I'll I'll give them that they're good at dividing people. I mean they they have it all planned out, and the way they're in bed with in bed with these politicians, uh, you know it, it is it is disgraceful. I mean there there's a reason why why a CNN is called the Communist News Network and the Clinton News Network. There's reasons why why those are are the nicknames. Uh, attributed uh, to them, but it's you know it's one of those things. It just it, I, I don't know how America got to this point. I mean I do, I do. I'll you know, tell you. All the, the, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Johnny. So, like I say, I say this all the time when people you know talk about man, what is going on in America? This is not the first. Like this always happens. Always happens every. Look, I mean, look at Rome. Look at the fall of Rome. Did you see? What happened there? You see how it how it fell. Everything that we're doing right now, and when it comes to morally and when it comes to politically, looks exactly like what happened in Rome. But that aside, I want you to look at the 1960s. This is I I talked to a lot of older people, and I always asked him. I was like, "Do you think this is like the 1960s?" And he was like, "That they, they, you know, they always say, oh, no, not necessarily yeah. like the 1960s.'" But they say right. if you watch how the news media, this Trump support, I was talking to him in Walmart the other day, and he was like, what the news media is doing, is they, they try to create that rhetoric of the 1960s. Because if you look at the 1960s, it was a counterculture with the hippies and all the other stuff. You know, why even take showers? Why even go to work? Why even follow parents? Why even oh, go to college? Why even do this? Why even do that? Let's just go out in the woods and just live like we're back in the prehistoric ages. And you saw what that did to the economy. There's so many documentaries about this. And you saw, guess what? That was the breakdown of the family. There's no need for family anymore. There's no need for the man working anymore. There's no need for uh, economy. And what happened was the baby boomers, they knew everything their parents taught them. So guess what? They ignored it. And guess what? They didn't raise their children. They just said, hey, here's a PlayStation. Here's a cell phone. Here's a TV. I'll, I'm about to go. I'll work all day. You know, do, 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 your, do, do what you want to do. And they failed right. to raise the next generation. And that is the right. issue is they ignored the next generation. They ignored millennials. They ignored uh, Generation X. And they just said, you know what? We can all we can all, they say things like, oh, you know what? Eat at the table anymore and, and have food and have a discussion of why, you know, depression is in kids and why kids are going up and shooting up schools. Let's just go, go in your room. You can eat whatever. I don't care. I don't even want to eat. I don't, you know, so, I mean, these things of breaking down societal standards and societal norms that we built in America to be successful is what led to the breakdown of what we see today. One generation's well, but, ignorance is the next generation's fall, I like to say. As, 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 as the millennial on the panel, I, I'd like to chime in. I mean, as the uh, uh-huh. boomer on the panel, I'd like to <laughs> chime in. Sorry about that. Go ahead, uh, I'm hey, listen, you know, I, 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 I agree with a lot of what you just said. However, 
I want to I want to add something else into that though, because I spent 17 months going over the uh, state of Arizona campaigning for superintendent of public instruction. One of my main focuses was to get the United States government dissolve the U.S. Department of Education and allow us to have our own education system back. Since the early 60s, when they took prayer out of school, since the early 60s, they have been teaching um, nothing but socialism and Marxism in many of our schools. And today it is it is flourishing. So you have somebody like OAC or AOC rising yeah. to the power that she's at at such a young age. Yeah. Touting socialism, it's because of our education system. Right. So when we and you the boomers blame, were raising our children, we, yeah, but when we the boomers were raising our children, we had yeah, that's right. We had these books that said you're not allowed to now spank your children, you're not allowed to do this. Children were taught in school. Our children were taught in school. If your parents spank you, tell us. We're, we need to right. report them. These are things that truly has happened. We were taught that our history was no longer fact. What our parents told us was no longer true. Their beliefs were no longer the true beliefs. You're not allowed to believe in God. You're not allowed to say prayer. This is hateful. So we were taught differently. So I'm not, you know, I I appreciate what you said, but you got to put that element in there. Because we did not just yeah. say, here's a PlayStation, I don't care. Now, many, many people did. You know, that was an easy thing. But the reality is society has been against us. When I went to school, right. in, in elementary school, I read a Dick and Jane book, right? By right. the time that mm-hmm. in yeah. the 70s hit, women's lib hit, it said all of that, what you have just learned was wrong. You should not say, Jane, get in there and... You know, cook with your mom, Dick, get out there and, and work with your dad on a car. That's wrong, and I, I believe it is wrong. But the thing is, is we were taught everything, and we were changed every way. And to me, to say it's our fault because we ignored it, no, it's our fault because we were taught it. And that, that was a huge problem. We have to get the federal government out of our education system. It's no surprise to me that socialism is rearing its head big league. It's no, it's no, it it isn't. I ran to make sure that the federal government got out of state education. And that's what we have to have. If we're going to turn this country around, the U.S. Department of Education needs to be dissolved. Yep. And let's face the, let's face the facts here. You bring up so many great points, Dr. Branch. You know, these, these colleges, Harvard, Yale, Columbia, you know, whatever, whoever, Purdue, uh, Princeton, you know, these, these, these schools that are, are such people claim are great uh, education-wise, which, you know, I mean, they are known for that in the past. They have a good reputation. But the way the teaching has uh, evolved to this sort of level of, of danger and, and, and the wrong history and, you know, brainwashing your students, I mean, it's, and, I, and I've gotten this poll before. I believe it's like 90, almost 90% of professors are liberal in today's society. And it's the same kind of thing with journalism. These professors are, aren't teaching these kids what is necessarily right. They're teaching them what they believe. Just same with journalists. They're writing opinions, not necessarily what's true. 
So it's like if somebody says these, like in today's society, oh, yeah, I went to Columbia, I went to Harvard, I went to Princeton, I went to, you know, Yale. In a lot of ways, I say to myself, so? I mean, have you seen what kind of professors work there? And you, you <laughs> see the kind of damage that, that these colleges have caused? Maybe it ought to, to be a disqualifier. Um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Clint. You could go all the way, you could go all the way back with that thought, Rory, to uh, – I'm trying to think, uh, David Halberstam's book in 1965, The Best and the Brightest, where he talked about how the brightest guys in the country, there were all Princeton, Harvard, Yale, right. Ivy League guys, uh, guys like McNamara right. and Rusk. Uh, they right. thrust us into the most uh, ill-calculated foreign policy position and war that we'd ever gotten into, probably up until Bush put us into the, in my opinion, anyway, into Iraq in 2001 or whatever it was, um, you know, not to, I'm not trying to bag on Bush right now, but we're talking about <laughs> a certain elite mindset that's been out there yeah. since the end of the second world war with Dean Acheson and George Kennan and, uh, and uh, George Marshall and a whole bunch of people that were around Harry Truman and, and candidly uh, professor were around Dwight Eisenhower uh, for all those years. Uh, and, and so then Kennedy arrives and he brings all of his, uh, his Harvard and, and Yale buddies in the game with him. And uh, before we know it, we got, you know, uh, you know, everybody says Kennedy would have gotten us out of Vietnam. I want to see one iota of evidence that that in fact was the case. Can anybody tell me anything that, I mean, he said, yeah, they've got to win their own war. He didn't say that to Walter Cronkite about three months before he died. But, uh, you know, the truth is, is that he had no plan to get us out. When Eisenhower left right. office, how many people were in, uh, Americans were in Vietnam? A thousand or something. And when Kennedy died, I believe uh, around 19,000 so-called advisors were already there. So uh, right. having a – you might be smarter than spending $500,000 to put your kid through a school. Have him help start – do a startup business for 500000 right. bucks. Right. And uh, you'll yeah. get your investment back, and uh, and the kid won't be all screwed up from uh, from sending them. To the, yeah. And I've sent two kids to and schools, cost me a million bucks. What have I got to show for it? And that's why that's why trade schools <laughs> come into play, and why why they're so uh, you know sufficient and and useful and beneficial for where our education is in today's society. Um, there's no doubt about that. Trade schools are the new colleges in many aspects, I believe. Because you look at these people but that are going to trade school. Sorry? Yeah. But I'm also we talking about elementary school. I'm also talking about oh, yeah. from kindergarten through 12th grade. The indoctrination yeah, yeah. of socialism and Marxism yeah. is palpable. Right. And we have yeah. to, we really have to look at this as a society. We could blame professors, and I'm one of them. But I just happen to be a very conservative, Christian conservative college professor that I teach at the number one and number two Christian universities in the world. But the, yeah. but I do want to say that kindergarten through 12th grade is where they're indoctrinated. Their parents yeah. come home or their parents are saying socialism doesn't work and their children are saying, well, yes, they do. And they say, well, you know what? Illegal aliens hurt this country. Well, I'm sorry, but in my class, mommy and daddy, I have four. <laughs> you know, yep. and yeah. and that is that is in direct conflict with the family. So the mom and dad are saying stuff, and the children are rolling their eyes back and saying it's not true because, you know, we're taught that we should have free lunches and free meals. 
And we should also pack lunches and meals every day for those children that need dinners. And we should also on Friday pack dinners and lunches and all that for Saturday and Sunday when these children are away. We will feed these children. They are taught that, and that's what they're taught. So, And and they're taught, we say illegal aliens are bad. You know, I live in Arizona. Build the wall. That's my mantra. Build that wall. But the thing is, but but the thing is, is in their classrooms, they have illegal aliens. In their classroom, they have these students that the schools can't take out because they're directed Mm -hmm. by the United States Department of Education to educate them. And to me, that is that that has to change. So, yeah. you know, we can blame Thank the you, college Jimmy professors, and, which is you know, exactly, hey, you know, absolutely. But after Ronald Reagan and, and Tip O'Neill, when they granted the amnesty, it made it illegal to hire illegal aliens. Well, when that happened, many states ignored that. And we still have the problem. That, to me, is why the wall has to go up. If we're going to, you know, if we're going to fix immigration, we got to make sure – that we do it right. But right now, the parents yes. cannot teach their children because when they right. go back to school, the school reindoctrinates them a different way from what their parents just taught them. And you're that's a, you're how absolutely you get right. An, o, uh, an AOC. That's how you get yeah, it. Yeah, and I got to go, mean, I gotta go to right break now. for 30 seconds. I got to go to break for 30 seconds, but let's come right back with this. Um, this, is very, this is very good. We'll come right back. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaysSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. All righty. We are back. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. Uh, This is the Rory Sauter Show. A lot of great conversation. uh, There's been so many things going on, obviously, that uh, we've been wanting to, to get into. Um, I want to announce a couple things happened today. Um, you know, President Trump, well, this was announced yesterday. I just I forgot to mention it, but he has officially announced that he will be kicking off his 2020 campaign rally in El Paso, Texas on Monday, which I'm very excited about, very excited. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot uh, to look forward to uh, in, in that regards. Um, and also that there's also – um, he's going to be doing a huge tour, um, all, you know, all over. He'll be coming to every state, every city. Uh, so I, I can't wait. I, I'm very excited. Uh, I go to all his rallies. I may even go to El Paso and go to his rally on Monday. I haven't decided yet. I mean, they are an experience like never seen, you know, before. If you haven't been to one, it's like going to a rock concert, but better. I mean, it's better than – I'm a huge sports fan, and it's better than any sporting event I've ever been to. It's like – Standing up for your country, it's like so patriotic, like such the, it, it, like the feeling is so profound, like it's such a, a sincere feeling and, a, and approach, like when, when you attend these things and you meet all these fellow uh, patriots that, uh, you know, love our country just as much, uh, you know, as I do or, or anybody else does. It's just, 
you, you get all of that chemistry and you get to meet so many great people and, you know, seeing a guy that saved our, our, our country and, and our, our economy and everything. And I mean, let, let's face it. I've said this many times and I'll say it again. President Trump has fulfilled over 70% of his promises within two years. Most presidents don't, don't even fulfill 10% after they leave office. So within two years, he fulfills over 70% of his promises. Imagine what he's going to do in another six years. I mean, he'll be way over all of his promises. He'll just keep doing more and more stuff that he never even talked about. And he'll just keep guiding us to victory. You know, there's a reason why they call him one of the greatest negotiators to ever live. We're seeing it right now with our own eyes. I mean, he's taking, he's taking on the impossible. He's creating miracles. This guy is something straight. I, I, and, I, and, you know, some people have an issue with me saying this sometimes, but I'm not going to hold back. Out of the Bible, if you really look at some of the stories and some of the characters in the Bible and, you know, what it, what it represents in terms of, you know, they like to compare him to King Cyrus uh, or, 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 or King David. You know, so there's all these different people, you know, but uh, I'll tell you, it's Trump is not just an everyday, ordinary guy. He is something beyond special, beyond profound. Uh, You talk about a guy that took on the whole establishment by himself, took on the entire media by himself. I mean, he there's nothing this guy can't do. I mean, it's like and all the odds against him, all the odds against him. And, you know, the guy has giant brass balls. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it in political history. And I've, you know, I've studied politics for so many years. I've been around, you know, for a little while. I've seen a lot in my years. And, uh, but it's just, it, it's crazy. It's crazy the time we're living in and how, how significant and how special this is. Um, President Trump attended the National Prayer Breakfast this morning. And I do want to say this, and I, and I haven't really detailed much on the show. But we have the most holy, most religious, most like Christian president I think we've ever had. This guy gives more attention to the Bible and God and you know that sort of realm than I think most presidents have ever done. You know, I think he's done probably more than any president in terms of, of the religious aspect. Same with protecting lives. I mean, pro-life. He's been 100% uh, the best leader ever uh, for pro-life. So it's it kind of adds up. I mean, it really does. And uh, people are seeing more and more every day that the media is lying and that Trump is really a sincere guy and uh, really cares about the American people. Um, he also announced early uh, yesterday that ISIS could be losing the, the, remain, the remainder of their territory within a week. Don't forget, guys, we are 97%. We have destroyed ISIS by like 97 or 98%. You still have that few percentage uh, – points there that we haven't, uh, you know, got, uh, but uh, he, he's, he sounds convinced. I mean, and think about that. Think about how big of a problem ISIS was for the biggest time, especially for our past president, Obama, uh, you know, the worst president in history. But, you know, Obama let them evolve into, evolve into the dangerous uh, gang that they are today, and Trump had to clean up this entire mess. It only, I mean, the fact that it took Trump less than two years, less than two years to pretty much annihilate ISIS. Uh, I mean, there you go. There's another uh, accomplishment that's basically achieving the impossible in so many ways. I mean, this guy is so dedicated and devoted to our country. It's 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 a blessing. And think of this: President Trump is now boosting U.S. legal immigration because unemployment is so low. 
We have so many Americans working now more than ever before. Trump is now getting to the legal immigrants. I mean, this, this is unreal. This, this, we're, we're living in a time. And President Trump also recently nominated yesterday uh, Treasury official David Malpass to head the World Bank. And you know what David Malpass uh, said about China? Uh, he said they are getting away with way too much, and he's not a fan of them. So this is bad news for China. Uh, we are finally getting uh, the, the World Bank under control. Uh, God, it's just so many different things at once. Like I said, within the last 24 hours, we've had all this news come at, come at us at once, and it's just it's mind-blowing. But I'm going to get into as much of it as possible. But, Clint, what are your thoughts on all this? I mean, uh, you've been talking on your show about a lot of these event, events that have occurred this week and everything that's going on. Right, right. Well, thank you very much. I, uh, uh, it was some great commentary already, particularly on the education system and on uh, some uh, context, which we don't get a lot of, uh, even on talk shows very often. Um, my take is that uh, there's another element that we, we need to recognize and struck me particularly today at the National Prayer Breakfast, and that is the element of God. Uh, we, had, uh, we had Dennis Prager here in the Midwest uh, uh, about a year and a half ago, and I was the MC for this breakfast we had for him. And um, it was his take that he believes that the unlikely people to lead major movements, you might look at uh, Paul in the New Testament as a pretty uh, strong case of that. Of course, there are others. Um, and uh, I look at that, and I look at what Trump's doing, and I think the fact that he really does believe in God, but he's, he's uh, and the fact, here's the other thing that to me is, maybe not uh, recognized enough by enough people. This guy is really not that concerned about being getting reelected. He's not, he's not willing to make compromises for his own reelection. He does not really care what anybody thinks. Okay. And because of that, because he's able to, uh, to, uh, you know, divest himself of the outcome and banish all the doubts in his own mind, he's able to go forward make whatever personnel changes he feels need to be made, even if the public doesn't like him. I admit I was disappointed to see Mattis go, but I think there must have been a reason for it. I'm going to give Trump the benefit of the doubt on that. I think we're looking at divine times. We're heading toward, in the view of evangelical Christians, the last times. Okay, let's, And I, I don't want to take us down that, that uh, journey too far, but I will say uh, there is a supernatural component to what's happened in this country in the last two years. And the Democrats or whatever, I don't call them Democrats. These are not Democrats. There's no Scoop Jacksons in there. Uh, there aren't any John Kennedys in there. Uh, even Lyndon right. Johnson, no, big so a bag he was. No, exactly right. That that that's all gone. Uh, these are leftists. These are these are they they are in fact socialists. And you know this this AOC business, and I've used it myself. This. This uh, propels this woman to uh, <laughs> a higher a, a higher degree of uh, notoriety and uh, credibility than she should have. I call her Alexandra <laughs> Occasional uh, Cortex, you know. And uh, if you watched her last night at the Presence of State of the Year, or Tuesday night, she and the other white-dressed uh, ladies, uh, which, by the way, was something Hitler used in the early 1930s, uh, just FYI. Yep. Uh, she could, yep. she was like a kid uh, with attention deficit disorder in her chair. She she couldn't stay couldn't stay <laughs> focused or even it was it was fun to watch actually. So um, but you know and then the other thing I thought Trump did so amazingly well I'd like to get the other panelists view on this is he gave the Democrats 
uh, some things that they could not possibly disagree with him on as applause lines and the people that were in the in the in the galleries the heroes the the, the man that had that had, had defended the Pittsburgh synagogue the uh, uh, the Holocaust survivors and the soldiers that have been right. in there uh, the, right. the families that had lost its its mother and father to uh, illegal terrorism uh, in Reno Nevada a break in by an illegal killed the mother and father the little girl who uh, uh, raised forty thousand dollars for St Jude while she herself had a brain tumor. I mean, how can you be anything other than impressed? Yeah. The, the, the gentleman that was illegally, or excuse me, erroneously jailed for what was it, twenty twenty one years, and and uh, finally we got him out of jail. I mean, there are a lot of heartwarming stories there, and. You know, when, when Trump says, hey, I want to do everything to build the middle class and make it bigger, I didn't see one Democrat applauding for that. That used to be their core uh, position on things, and they don't even identify with it at all anymore. So uh, I agree with much of been, uh, what's been said. Do, do you others feel that the Democrats are really concerned about the middle class family in this country and keeping it together? Well, they proved, they proved their true colors. I mean, they proved the other night. You know, they say they care about minorities so much. They, they care about the less fortunate. They proved their true colors the other night. They, did, they do not because they refuse to clap. They refuse to have class and proper ethics while, while attending this event. You know, they made this all about right. themselves. You know, they didn't give right. credit where it was earned. Uh, and it was just very distaste, distasteful and disgraceful, quite frankly. Um, and, you know, I think it, it's one of those things where they have gone so far left, and they, they are so out of touch with the everyday worker. For God's sakes, you know, they want to give Medicare for all. Has anybody seen the kind of places that take Medicare? Has anybody seen how very few doctors take it? Has anybody seen how it looks like a DMB setting? Do you guys really want universal socialized health care? You, have you been to the DMB? Have you waited there for hours? Because that's exactly the kind of mess that Medicare for all would create. And why the hell is anybody entitled to something uh, when somebody else pays way more, uh, you know, than anybody, than, than that person? Like, there's a reason why uh, health insurance is considered um, a reward and a, and a privilege. It's not a necessity. Yeah. You're not entitled to it. Um, and there's a reason why there's, you know, so many insurance companies that are, um, you know, I mean, I, I get they're making a lot of money off of off of corruption in certain areas, but there's also um, a reason these insurance companies are making money off corruption. But but there's a reason why as well that these insurance companies give these people that make you know a good living uh, a better option with their plan. You know, and there's a reason why the people that are less fortunate don't. And for everybody to be treated equal, uh, you know. <laughs> And just because people don't want to get their feelings hurt, it's absolutely atrocious. And the Democrats the other night, you know, they, they are trying to say, and they're trying to brush it off with the wall thing, you know, that, that there's no border crisis. And the fact that they are in that much denial is scary, and it's sad, and it's every word you can actually, you want to label it, label it as that. It's anti-America to the, to the max. We have 150,000 migrants apprehended during the first quarter of 2019. It's up 84%. And you're telling me there's not a border crisis? We have a 12,000-person yeah. caravan coming towards us 
right now uh, among more caravans, and you're telling me there's not a border crisis? Are, are, you, are these people out of their minds? You know, but meanwhile, you know, they want to put all of these different tax uh, you know, laws into place and you know, take the money from the rich and you know, use that whole platform. And we've seen how that's a failure over and over. It's the definition of insanity. It doesn't fix the problem when you tax the rich. It just enables more people that don't have much to be lazy and receive free shit. It's, it's, it's crazy how, you know, our, our system works, but it is what it is in a sense. But, you know, there will be fixes, but we can't fix the entire thing. Um, there's so much damage that has been done. And uh, when you have people like Cortez coming in there and, you know, preaching Venezuela ideology, <laughs> scary. Uh, Gianni, go ahead. Uh, um, so – I mean, when it comes to, I, I like, I want the point that you brought up, uh, healthcare. You know, I've really been uh, thinking about that. And the more I think, I, I look at, you know, places that they usually point to about, like, Sweden and things of this nature and how they have, you know, a real good social program of healthcare. And I, in my opinion, I think that when it comes to, like, education and when it comes to, you know, free healthcare and things of this nature, I believe we can actually – if the economy gets very good, we can actually do something to make uh, health care, you know, cheaper or to make health care more affordable. Uh, because what people don't understand is if you look in places like Sweden and all these health care paradises, it's not necessarily that they're socialists. Like they just say, oh, everything's free, just come and get what you want. No, it's more of their economy was so good and their economy is, was was growing because they were very private. They were making everything private. So what private businesses are saying, all right, guess what? You're giving tax cuts to us and things of that nature. Right. So guess what? We can grow the economy, and we can also give better health care and cheaper health care. And then that's how yeah. things work out. So I believe that once we uh, restore the American economy with the market economy, we, we implement compassionate capitalism. Because right. people get, get confused between – Corporatism right. and capitalism. Yes. Corporatism oh, yeah. is when everything is about the big, the big boys at the top, and you know, oh, the government's, oh, you know, I'll, I'll pay if you pass this bill, I'll pay you and give to your campaign. All right. Yep. That's corporatism. What we need to focus on is capitalism, and I promise you, if we focus on capitalism and grow the economy in 20 years, we might can have yes. that dream where you know it's easier right. to get health, universal right. health care, or it's right. easier to get a right. good education. And what scares me, and I want everybody to speak on this, what scares me, though, is that when you have the word socialism uh, directed at health care or directed at you know, various categories, it's just a matter of time until it evolves into all these different categories and just expands, expands. Like, for instance, Venezuelan officials have now cracked down on what TV, what radio, and what social media their people can use. They're going with a China approach, and it's scary because that's essentially what the Democrats want to do to us in the USA. I mean, this is, this is terrifying. And then the most, like one of the most radical leftists out of New Jersey, uh, the governor, I forget his name. I think it's Governor Murphy. Correct me if I'm wrong. He just made an announcement that he's going to charge residents there rain tax. Yes, you heard that right, rain tax. Because of the, I mean, what, what's next? Tax to fucking breathe? Excuse my French. But Jesus Christ, when does this, 
crap end? I mean, this is, this is insanity. Uh, Josh, go ahead. You know, Rory, I'll tell you when it ends. It, it, Wait, it Josh, doesn't, Josh, first real off. quick, before, before you say something, I want to finish by saying this. Let's not forget, when people want to blame the rich, people want to blame corporations, people want to blame you know, them for their problems, it's 90% of jobs in this country are, are you know, hired. Or, well, let me say that correctly. 90% of Americans employed in this country are employed by big corporations. Let's not forget that. So when you give uh, leverage, when you give tax cuts to corporations, when you give them leeway and don't have all these regulations like Obama did on them, they can hire all these people, which is what they're doing right now, which is why we have the best economy we've ever had. Going after the rich yep. only has ever enabled and added to the problem. It doesn't, doesn't even you know, mask it. It just adds to it. But go ahead, Josh. You know, I, I was just going to say, I'll tell you when they stop, they don't. I mean, and, and this doesn't just go for what they can tax. This goes for, in general, what you're allowed to do. You, it's going to get to a point eventually, if they, had, if they had it the way they wanted, it would get to a point where instead of them having to make a case for a reason to tax you or for having a reason to take something away, it would be us having to make a case for why we should be able to keep whatever it is. For instance, uh, during Obama's uh, tenure as president, there was, a, there was a, a regulation passed down through one of the agencies that you were no longer allowed to co- collect rainwater. You couldn't collect rainwater. Why? Why can't I collect rainwater if I want to? I don't remember what reason they said, but it was something about the environment and Oh my goodness! You don't want to hurt, you know. You don't want to hurt the butterflies and the polar bears. Uh, that first off, the polar bears are not dying off. But uh, you know, it, it's, <laughs> that's right. It, 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 you get to a you yep. get to a situation where it doesn't matter what any of the rationale is. You get to a point where it just matters that well, you know, we think the government can do this better than than you can. So you know, it will. And you know, if you push against it, we'll throw you in jail. Yep. Sounds that's, reasonable. That's how it is. Uh, yeah. Dr. Branch, go ahead and then Clint. Well, I'll tell you what. I, you know, a lot of great things have been said and asked. And, you know, your you're one panel member there that has his own show and he, was, he asked us all a question. Kind of like to chime in on that. You know, the yeah, and you ahead. made a great analogy. The Democrats don't exist anymore. The the uh, John Kennedy asked not what your country can do to you for you, ask what you can do for your country. You look at Cortez today with her economic bill, not it bill, excuse me, the bill of rights that she put down that basically said free government jobs, free government money, free government housing, free government health care, free government education. Are you kidding me? The Democrats yeah. no longer exist. And I think what was interesting is the old Democrats that were sitting there at the State of the Union address were looking at these new people, not standing up for, you know, we're not going to allow socialism. We're not going they were just like, We don't even know what to do. I guess we have to go along with that now. And it's incredible because they don't exist anymore. Their party doesn't exist. 
so I, you know, that's that's my two cents worth with with I this question. I but think that's a good take. I think that's a good take. Yeah, yeah. And if you and and I love, also like to chime in on you know uh, your your one guest was you know the the panel member was talking about well when we have our economy and we have it turned around then we could look at you know providing great education in that uh, if you're looking for the government to provide great education you will never yep. get great education I'm saying that as a professor at four universities and I've been teaching now for almost 18 years. You are not going to get it if the government dictates what a great education looks like. Right. It's just not going to happen. You know, you know, you must be, sir, one of about 2% of faculty members across the country that identify with conservative values and might have voted for a conservative presidential candidate in about the last 20 years. The academy is about <laughs> 95 to 97% far left socialist. So we wonder why our newspapers turn out and our media turn out the kind of uh, biased viewpoints they do. But it's no, uh, you know, the uh, forgive me, those journalists on wherever they're at, but, you know, the people that go to college and we, we, we value the liberal arts uh, degree and I'm in no way criticizing it, but people that go to school and they have a precise career objective, law, business, uh, construction, something tangible uh, going to create something tangible in the economy. That's one thing uh, you can go to Missouri or any other great journalism school in the country and you can spend, you know, four years in a little incubator learning all the things uh, that will make you one of the last uh, socialists on the planet. Okay. Or at least that's the goal. And uh, uh, you know, as, as Rory said to, to start the show, I mean, you can make the argument that China is a socialist country. It's really a hybrid. It's a totalitarian country that has figured out we need capitalism. We need to make stuff to move forward. But, you know, it was said uh, just a couple of days ago that the latest research on Mao is that they now believe he killed 100 million of his own people. Okay. Uh, There's a system that's, you know, I mean, put uh, Joe Stalin in there and some of the other people that that have not believed in freedom, that have believed in totalitarian governments. And and that's what's happening at the academy level. Guys like this Ward Churchill, who used to be at the University of Colorado. I mean, you, you could, I'm sure you could name 50 people like that that you've encountered over your years uh, as a professor. And what do you do with that? I mean, what do you what what do they talk about at a, at a faculty senate meeting? I'd like to know, or a board of governors or regents meeting behind closed doors. Uh, you know, who, you, Good question. We turn, and this is an Alinsky principle. You turn your, your kids over to these people, and in two generations, we'll turn this whole thing over. I mean, we will have a complete turnover in thinking. As Reagan said, freedom has to be rethought out and rewon every generation. And we've lost the last couple, I fear. Well, look at, look at you know, I want Dr. Branch to respond, but look at what's happening, for instance, you know, with the left and what they get away with in the double standards. I mean, for God's sakes, we had a San Francisco eatery that was demanding and making a rule saying nobody with a mega hat is allowed to eat here or be in this establishment. And, 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 people, and, and, and we have situations like on the, people on the left constantly lying. Elizabeth Warren saying she was Native American, but now she backs out of that claim. Can you imagine if that was a Republican? And this goes into the whole double standard you know, stuff I was talking about. And, you know, it, it kind of plays into the education system. 
um, with with the double standard. You know, they want to preach. They, they well, want to preach socialism, but they don't practice what they preach. They want their students to practice it for them. But you know, if they really believe in socialism so much, these professors, how about we don't give them a payday? How about they work for free? You know, or whatever we want to pay them, of course. But go ahead. Two words, Kamala Harris. Okay, she's going to out uh, outmaneuver the uh, the Salem witch trial senator from Massachusetts. Um, you oh, know, yeah. Kamala oh, Harris. Yeah. Kamala Harris is. Uh, uh, she's black when she needs to be. She's white when she needs to be. Uh, depending and she on the crowd, to talk she's about talking. women's rights. But look at Willie Brown. Look at her. What you know? This woman. And, and sorry, sorry to cut you off for a sec, Clint. But Go ahead. This, yeah, this, this important. Go ahead. This, no, this important point though. You know, people like Camilla Harris say they're for women's rights. They they say they're for female empowerment. They say they're for all these different things. But their their behavior contradicts it. I mean, look at Camilla Harris. She slept her way to the top, and she always wants to talk about sexism and un- unfair, you know, treatment towards women. I mean, hypocrisy at its finest. Continue, Clint. Sorry. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, she's going to have a lot of problems. If you go on YouTube and you look, you'll find hundreds of black YouTube uh, journalists and uh, blogsters who are out there pointing out her hypocrisies. You know, Willie Brown, I met him a number of times when I was in politics in California years ago, and he's a great guy. He's impossible to dislike. He got one of the best wardrobes you'll ever see anywhere. And uh, But he was, he was the head of the California legislature for 15 years, and uh, even though we were able to get Pete Wilson and Duke Majin and some other people into those, and Ronald Reagan, among others, California right now may as well be a foreign country. I, I asked the other panelists yep. to comment on that. My family lives with my son and daughter and all my great friends. Uh, I have a few here in Omaha, Nebraska, but I spent 35 years out there, and I saw it disintegrate. And uh, yeah, I really think it's an intent. It's a great climate and great people, really, a lot of them. But I don't know how uh, Governor Brown and how the how the um, you know how a city like San Francisco operates morally. And I'm not talking about gay issues or anything. I'm talking, about, although you could, I suppose. I'm talking about Kate Steinle, and you know, I mean, that's just an outrage beyond belief. And um, you know, that would have bothered San Francisco. You know, a they, couple. they've gone so extreme, Clint. You know, the fact that they want to offer illegal free health care before their own citizens should give you the, the whole. I mean, that should give it away right there that they're a foreign nation. They as well, I mean, they they might as well be considered one. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I don't know. It's, you know, uh, it's a, we began a civil it, war in January of 2009, according to very uh, strong scholars on the conservative side that I have had uh, lengthy conversations with. We are in a form of a civil unrest right now in this country. It's not just the latest story going on. You, did you happen to see last night when Trump walked in? He didn't. He, I think, he acknowledged uh, by shaking her hand, uh, Speaker Pelosi, and of course Mike Pence. But he did not stand there and let her bang the gavel three times and said, "Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States," which should have always got the big applauses, you know. And then they standing ovation. Then they sit down and he begins to speak. Another standing. Trump just walked in, said hi to her, turned around and started talking. All right. He basically snubbed her from the get go. 
and it was so subtly done. I didn't even I didn't even remember that. A couple of our listeners pointed that out to me yesterday. Pretty smooth operation there, and uh, put her in a position where she almost had to stand up fifteen times. She only did it seven or eight times, but uh, it was it was a very interesting dynamic at that State of the Union address. That's just my take. How do the rest of you feel about it? I mean, it was. Gianni, you know, go I ahead. I think he did a. Feel about who exactly again? Josh, go ahead, and then Tiani. Yeah, you know, in regards to the way – it was a weird dynamic, and I, I don't know what the heck was on that piece of paper she kept looking at, but that, I thought that was a little <laughs> – you know, I, I, I sat – I sit there and watch, and I think, wow, there's no more awkward place in television right now than sitting behind, you know, behind Trump. Even if you're Pence, it's like I just have to sit here and look pretty – for, you know, an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, but, boy, it was – there was – I, I thought it was very funny when they, when they panned over multiple times at specific people, specifically the Democrats. There were some hilarious moments in the, the way the Democrats' faces were looking as Trump was talking because Schumer was making some weird-looking faces. Bernie said – uh, when when Trump said something about how we're going to be pushing against socialism, and they, they he go to Bernie attack. Sanders, I, he has his he has his hand in his face, and he's making the weirdest, most depressed looking face I've ever seen. It was just I mean, the whole thing was a fiasco, but it wasn't a fiasco because Trump was being inflammatory with his language. It was because it was because honestly everything he said was so non-inflammatory and so professional right. and so quote unquote presidential like they like to say that he's not. They didn't have anywhere to go with it. Like I was expecting the Democrats to be jeering and for there to be some sort of outbreak, but there wasn't because he didn't say anything that crazy. He even made them stand and have to applaud. So many times yep. with his guests, as well yep. as him talking about all the women in Congress. <laughs> it was a virtuoso. Yeah, John, Johnny, go ahead. Yeah, I agree with everything uh, Josh just stated. I mean, it was it, you know Nancy Pelosi, man. She's just like she's a she's an idiot, man. It, you know, she just wants power. That uh, that's all Nancy Pelosi. She doesn't care about Democrat. She doesn't care about Republican. She doesn't care about Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. She doesn't care about the Green New Deal. All she wants is to be named Speaker of the House. That is all she's about. She wants to have that gavel in her hand, and that's all. And that's how I view her. As far as the uh, the other Democrats out there, you know, they're just goofballs, man. I mean. They're, they're... <laughs> They're just so full of it. I, I look at their faces and I'm like, you like, what do you do? You actually believe anything that you say? You know, like right. other than Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, I really believe she really believes <laughs> what she believes. You know, but everyone else is just like, I mean, I I don't know. I, I think it's just they just want power. They want political power. Because I mean, like I said, look at. Uh, you know, people in the past, like Chuck Schumer, all these people, they voted for the wall. They voted for everything. They said everything in the past that Trump is saying now, and then all of a sudden they're like, 
nope, nope, mm-hmm. nope. We can't, we can't go with that because if we go with that, we're going to lose in 2020. Because if you go right. with something like the wall or immigration reform and things of that nature, and you're agreeing with Trump, mm-hmm. there's no reason to run in 2020 if you agree with him everything. So it's all politics. Right. And it's like, hey, yeah. don't make any faces. Just like the woman, Kirsten Sinema was stood up, and then the woman's like, watch your ass. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. that shows you it's all a game. It's all a game. Right. It's all, listen. We want to win in 2020. We want to be in the White House. Or $5 tweet. She had what I thought was Kirsten Hillebrand. Oh. Yeah. The $5 tweet, that was a complete uh, monstrosity. And uh, she sat there with the most sour look on her face. And she's out there for women, man. Uh, What about the guys? Do we get any representation next time around? Or is this. Is there a certain element of uh, inverse uh, racism? Let's not forget, Jilly, Kristen Gillibrand was the dummy that made the comment. If it would have been the Lehman sisters in 2008 and not the Lehman brothers, then maybe we would have not had a recession. Maybe if women were in charge, maybe everything would be great. Oh, my God, you talk about ignorant and ditzy to the finest. Jesus Christ. To respond to that, though, the great question about the, the gavel, because yeah. I looked at it in a different light. I, I looked at it as remember she she disinvited the president, and for somebody that is really you know new to any political office, I thought he handled it brilliantly by saying no, I'll wait until I, I come to the Capitol, and I wanted to see what he would do, and I'll tell you what when he walked up. You know, and it was like, will he shake her hand or not? And it was like, all of a sudden, when he turned, he didn't even wait for her. It was brilliant, in my opinion. I just sat, I ate it up. It was like, yes, yes. Perfect that, that timing. Great. Yeah. Perfect timing, man. I thought it was brilliant. I thought, way to yeah. go, Trump. You know what you're doing, man. So I, I thought Absolutely. the only way he could have done any better was to have told her she was fired at the end of the speech. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. You're fired. Uh, I, well, wouldn't that I, be nice? I but, would love, I, I would love for him to use, you know, that that quote, the, the that motto more often, like he did on The Apprentice with all these swamp creatures in D.C. If only it were that easy, though. Uh, but I do want to welcome to the show, uh, but you know, your talk show host. Oh, go ahead, Gianni. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I, I can't wait till to, to watch the uh, DNC debate. I mean, like, they're going to oh, just eat oh, up yeah. each other. Like, what could they possibly right. debate about? What right. could they possibly go after Trump right. about the under Whoever has race, the most anti-Trump you know, rhetoric wins. Yeah, well, exactly. do you remember the like, – well, the Republicans with 17 of them, they had the, the main debate and they had the little debate. Now with like every Democrat running for president, how many little kids tables are they going to have and how are they going to run? Right, you have over 30. Little kids you tables. have over 30 Democrats <laughs> right. running, which is mind-blowing. Hey, Professor, how about making a giant I don't know how. squares board out of it and put Hillary in the middle? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just – I don't understand how – what are they going to say to each other? Like, because they've been with each other, you know, kissing each other's asses right. all, you know, yeah. 2016, 17, and 18. Now they're going to go yeah. out there. What are you going to say? Oh, you're racist or you're racist. Or, you, you can't say that now. You can't say that because then you're going to show the people how much of a fool you are after that. I mean, it's, I don't know, man. It's 
you know, it's going to be a total clown show. I mean, what the Democrats are, their narrative, I mean, they don't even have one. I mean, it's, it's third world ideology. Uh, I want to welcome to the show, though, popular talk show host, entrepreneur, political activist, and freedom fighter, Will Johnson. Uh, thank you for calling in. And, and by the way, guys, you can find his website, UniteAmericaFirst.com, uh, which is he's doing a lot of great things, a lot of activist stuff uh, at the moment. But, Will, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, it's, it's great to have you here, Will. Um, but your thoughts overall on, uh, you know, there's so many headlines that have been happening in the last two days. Uh, you know, we've gone into so much detail on, on certain uh, certain things. But, you know, oh, on the overall conversation, what you've heard since you've uh, been on the line in the last couple of minutes, you know, your thoughts on everything. I know you've been dealing with a lot of, a lot of different political stuff. You know, you've you're, you're, you're all into the activist game. You know, you witnessed some crazy stuff. I mean, you're right out of California. Yeah, you know what? Um, this, talking about the State of the Union, just to be yeah. honest with you, in my the State of the Union was the best one that I've heard in my life. Yep. It, yeah, was, it was better than his last one. And yep. you know what's, what really got me is how they even afterwards they try to say that he's racist when clearly he's not racist. They tried to say that he's racist because he says that he wants and he wants and I quote I want people to come into our country in the largest numbers ever, but they have to come in legally. How in the world is that racist? Right. <laughs> you know when Bill Clinton said it they applauded it. When Trump says it, they say racist. Yes, yes, and because they don't have anything, they 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 call Republicans what they really are, and all the stuff that exactly. they say Republicans do, actually doing it. Hence the blackface. Democrats have shown themselves because, you know what? We've well, most people have known Democrats have been like this. But because Donald Trump came on the scene, became president, won the presidency, which shocked the entire world, Democrats are actually showing who they really are now. Yep. Oh yeah. And and we would never we would never see to this extent or to this, you know, magnitude of these kind of details if it wasn't for President Trump. I mean he is you know, assisting in exposing all of their corruption. I mean, basically telling the American people what's been going on for so long and what they've been getting away with. And it's absolutely atrocious. And it's, if you really want to, well, uh, you know, take it in, it's it's sickening. Well, see, the Democrats <laughs> feel that Donald Trump is like no other president, which is a true statement. So they right. So they feel that they have to go out of their little world, their little box, the way yeah. they've controlled people in the past, they have to yeah, step right. out of that zone and go ex- right. to the extreme because they have right. to try to convince people the, uh, that Trump is not right for this country. So that's why we're seeing it yeah. so much more now. Mm-hmm. My right, right. You're absolutely right. Very well said. We're going to go to commercial. Uh, we'll be back in one minute. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? 
Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. We are back. Uh, thank you all for uh, tuning in. This has been an incredible show. I do want to get to now a uh, very important uh, topic. Uh, you know, this has been breaking news in the last day or two, but it looks as if, and I know we, I've said this before and many others have said this, but... You know, you, you're hearing, I'm hearing it from more and more sources, and it's becoming more and more real, it seems like, that the Mueller investigation is winding up. But, you know, since that's happening, uh, the Democrats can't, uh, you know, they can't have that. So what is Adam Schiff doing? He's, gonna, he's trying to open a separate investigation from the House into Donald Trump. And we all know this is politics, and we all know this is a vengeance sort of scenario. You know, Adam Schiff and Trump don't like each other, and most of the Democrats don't like Trump. So, and they're doing whatever they can, like Trump classifies it as, a witch hunt uh, to try and take him down. But they only keep failing. And what happens when they get to 2020 and they spent all this entire time, entire time trying to impeach him when there's nothing to impeach him for, and they haven't delivered on any policy, uh, you know, for their people that voted them in? I mean, there's some issues here. There's some, there's some issues that, you know, need to be addressed. And, you know, if you look at how malicious and how much of harassment, you know, this is, uh, th- that these Democrats are choosing uh, this sort of vengeance uh, style to go after Trump with, uh, it's crazy. Uh, but here's what Trump said about Adam Schiff you know, earlier today. as the now House Intel Chairman Adam Schiff made his first big move tonight announcing a sweeping investigation into President Donald Trump and voting to turn the transcripts of the congressional interviews with Donald Trump Jr. and Hope Hicks and others over to the special counsel Robert Mueller for cross-checking, wasting no time firing back to the president. He's just a political hack who's trying to build a name for himself, and I think that's fine because that's what they do. But uh, there would be no reason to do that. No other politician has to go through that. It's called presidential harassment, and it's unfortunate, and it really does hurt our country. Joining me now, former prosecutor and congressman Fox News contributor Trey Gowdy. 
Uh, good to see you tonight, Trey. Thanks for being here. Um, I also want to put up a tweet by Adam Schiff and get your thoughts on this. He says, I can understand why the idea of a meaningful oversight terrifies the president. Several of his close associates are going to jail. Others await trial and criminal investigation continue. Your job and won't be distracted or intimidated by threats or attacks, he writes. Let's say you, sir. I just wish Adam would be intimidated by the facts. Uh, the two years that I worked with him on the Russia probe, uh, Adam was wrong about collusion. Remember, he said he had evidence that was more than circumstantial, but not quite direct, that the president colluded with Russia. He was wrong about Donald Trump Jr. and who he called before and after the meeting at Trump Tower. Um, Adam has also leaked incorrect information to media outlets. Um, I, I I wish Adam were serious about oversight. There's a lot that needs to be done in the intelligence community about leaks, about FISA. Uh, he's not interested in that. He is interested in undoing the 2016 election results. Yep. Um, and he needs facts for that. And, and, and so far, yeah. his intimidation has only been by that. You know, Adam, it's interesting to me because as you, as you point out, he said early on that he had seen evidence. Can I make a comment on that, Lori, uh, 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 to jump in? Or are we? There's a supreme irony involved in all of this, and I know about it because I know uh, what happened in 1998 with the Trump, with the uh, Bill Clinton impeachment process. Jim Rogan, who was the head of the Judiciary Subcommittee investigating the president on impeachment charges, and they voted out of committee bills of impeachment, which, of course, we know went to the Senate and, and, and failed in the Senate. Jim Rogan is now a uh, district court judge in Los Angeles. He's an author of a number of great books. He was a, a good friend and a member of my PAC 20 plus 30, almost 25 years ago. Uh, Jim Rogan lost his seat in Congress, I believe, in 2002 to, to this uh, pencil neck geek by the name of Schiff. What was the big issue in that Glendale, California, uh, Burbank uh, congressional race? It was the fact that Rogan had led the impeachment of the president and and middle of the road people in that pretty in that pretty liberal district decided they were mad at Rogan for focusing on impeachment of the president when there were other bigger problems to solve. And now we've got this guy who beat Rogan largely as a as a respite from uh, uh, from what what Rogan tried to do to Clinton. He's now turning around with great irony, I think. He's pressing the same thing against President Trump, 
And I got a feeling it could cost him his seat in two years. Very, very well said. Um, let, let's go. Let's go to uh, Dr. Branch. What are your thoughts? Well, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, you know, but I also look at this as is nothing more than the 2020 election cycle, where the Democrats are using this outside of any election you know, campaign money yeah. or any of their election just to attack Trump. And they're going to be relentless. Yeah. We knew this would happen, uh, you know, if this, if this election, you know, if the election in, in, in 2018 ended the way it did. And now we see it. You know, we've seen it from the very first day that Congress was sworn in. They said, okay, now it's time to impeach the president. And that's all they're going to yeah. do for the next two years. Yeah. That's all we're yeah. going to hear about. Congress right. isn't going to do a darn thing except this political rhetoric and yeah. trying to and play sadly, to their base. And sadly, you know, their voters on the left eat this stuff up like they, they love it. They, they dig it. Well, I'm not going to say all of the voters on the left do, but majority of them. And the fact that they're this uneducated on the left and the, the voters and, and, and think that Trump's going to be in jail, Trump's going to be impeached, they have all of these irrational mindset thoughts that uh, you, you, only th- you, you can only think about in a, in a you know, uh, a different universe, something that doesn't even, you know, they think that all these things are going to happen. Trump and his whole crew are going to go down. Uh, Jesus Christ. I mean, come on. Such a pipe dream. Um, you Will, say it ahead. enough, people will believe it. <laughs> Tell the big lie. That's right. Will, you talking ahead. to me, Roy? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I was I've been saying before they before the midterm election came up. You know, I got this thing called votedemout.org, and that's B-E-M. It's votedemout.org, and I've been screaming vote Democrats out before the midterm election. I said because the first thing they're going to do and put an agenda is they're going to try to do everything they can to impeach their president. Now they're looking to taxes for when he wasn't president. They're looking to his financials for when he wasn't president. And, you know, they all keep yeah. saying that president, all, every president in the past have shown their taxes. Well, to my understanding, all the presidents, at least in the last 20 years, had held some kind of political office before they went into the presidency. President Trump, he was a private citizen. And personally, I don't think you should have to show your taxes to anyone, to a single person. Amen. Because it's your personal business. Now, now the two years, the, after four years, let him show his four years of taxes. Who cares? You know, he's like, here, this is the four years. I've been in office. Here are the four years you get to see. When he's a private citizen, we should not be showing them to the world at all. They just want to try to find something on him to say, look, everybody, you should not vote for him because of this. Well stated. Yeah, very well well said. Gianni, go ahead. Oh, you had a response? Sorry. Did somebody have a response? I thought somebody had. Johnny, I know you I, want to speak. Well, somebody what I was going to say, I was just going to chime in by saying that. No, the only thing that I was going to add to that, because it's a brilliant statement, when you run yeah. for a, a federal office, you have to file a financial disclosure under penalty of law. That is the law. There is nothing in that law that says you have to submit your income tax. Because you've already submitted it to a government agency, the IRS. 
So you have to submit a financial disclosure. By penalty of law, it has to be accurate. He submitted a financial disclosure like nobody else ever has. It was huge. So the reality is he already filed it. They just want more garbage to throw at him. It's just political. It is political. The federal government already has his taxes. The federal government already could audit, which they do. The federal government could already bring him into courts. They can do that. They have it. They just want something political that they could bring out and say, here, this is what the president did. It has nothing to do with legality because he's already following the law. And I've said and it by the so way, Rory, you know this too. Your dad hey, was ahead, in real please. estate. I was I was in real estate in California, and about uh, what was it, uh, 14 years ago, I tried to do a deal with Trump in San Diego to sell him a downtown block of land on Broadway Street. And the first thing his people do is they set up a separate LLC for that project. And so Trump doesn't have one income tax. The Trump Corporation is a series of LLCs and other. Uh, legal uh, tax categories that all have to be filed. He probably had four or five hundred of them. So go ahead, bring the truck up or the you know uh, the the, uh, the the Mayflower van up to uh, Trump Tower. <laughs> let's uh, let, let's take all of his tax returns and let's spend the next twenty years working on them. Okay, maybe right. when he's and, ninety and I, years and old, we'll catch him on something. Very very well said, Clinton. I love what you said because I say this all the time. If they had something on Trump, it would have been out way before the election. This was the last guy they wanted in there. Believe me, the left. They did not want him in there exposing all of this corruption and you know, basically showing the true colors of what America has been leading with for so long and how we've been lied to. You know, Jack Kennedy you know? was a very popular president. He was worth $150 million bucks. But, of course, yes. he didn't earn a penny of that. Even his books were purchased by his father to make bestsellers out of him. The, the books that he wrote that were ghostwritten by Theodore Sorensen, and I'm not knocking the guy. That's fine. The old man bought up all the copies to make it a bestseller. He was given a trust, as were the other Kennedy kids, by the old man who busted his butt in business after he destroyed his own political aspirations when he was ambassador to the court of St. James and Roosevelt. Uh, knew he was a traitor and uh, and uh, uh, was in cahoots with Hitler. Okay, and so Winston Churchill and uh, Roosevelt got uh, Joe Kennedy canned as that ambassador. He came back in disgrace. People know this now, and he said, "Okay, I'm going to get my sons elected." And so uh, those guys didn't work real jobs. They were playboys. We know that, and yet they're popular media figures. Maybe I think Kennedy's better looking than Donald Trump. Uh, I think Jackie right. Kennedy was a beautiful woman, as were all 7,000 of Kennedy's other women. Okay. Uh, not, you know, not pretty. You might argue Melania, the reason no, not pretty. Than Melania. I, I don't think Kennedy wanted, they want an op- autopsy of the body uh, because, uh, like Kennedy, there were probably quite a few evidences of his past life uh, that were still with him. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it depends on who you are. Kennedy is, is this. Uh, this prince, this, this king of Camelot, as Jackie made him out to be after the fact, uh, Trump is only a guy that they continually bug him about his father giving him a loan to get into business. He did something with that loan, okay? He turned right. $300 yeah. million into quite a few billion. That's not a small trick to do, by the way. So, right. Worked his right. butt off. Uh, Gianni, go ahead. 
Yeah, Gianni, go ahead. Yeah, so three things. I have an opinion that most conservatives do not like me for. I put it on Facebook and, you know, got my ass whipped about it. I actually am, am a fan of Robert Mueller. You know, number one, Robert Mueller is a Republican. We can, we wow, tend to wow, forget dude, that this just took an interesting – this just took an interesting turn, man. Uh-oh, I've never heard you uh-oh, say that, but keep uh-oh. going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, number one, Robert Mueller is a Republican. Number two, I think he's on the side. Because, I mean, think about it. When BuzzFeed came out with that article, you know, um, that was proven to be false by who? Robert Mueller and his team came out and said, listen, this BuzzFeed uh, article is not true at all. You know, we didn't have any of these findings. And that really... Uh, really sealed my conscience when it comes to liking Robert Mueller. On the other hand, I believe he got the bad people that were embarrassing Trump because, I mean, look at Paul Manafort and Roger Stone. You know, they got very much uh, – Roger Stone has a lot of good personality. But if you look behind it in the 80s, this is the guy that started the whole lobbyist thing, the corrupt thing that almost screwed up Reagan. Think about Reagan have all those indictments and all those people arrested under him. By who? It was a part of that, that Roger Stone and that, uh, that Manafort. They were a group together in the 80s, and they did a lot of shady, shady stuff in the 80s you know, on the, for the Republicans, and then they even tried to do something with, with Democrats. You know, so I really think Robert Mueller getting those people out of the Trump campaign and finding them I think was a very, very great thing, and I think it will save Trump. And I think at the end of the day, as you said, Rory, um, the, 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 the investigation is – Winding up. Imagine waking up, Fox and Friends, in the morning. We all watch it. And all of a sudden, you see Robert Mueller on TV. I found no findings of Trump colluding with Russia. I mean, that would literally get rid of everything. I mean, we're going to have two sides. Trump Trump people, Trump supporters are going to be, oh, my gosh, Robert Mueller, yay, ha, ha, ha. It's like, no, no. You said he was a person that was after Trump for a bad reason. You said he was a witch hunt. So that's going to be hypocritical. Then the Democrats are going to come and say, oh, Robert Mueller, you know, he's a white supremacist and he's racist and he's, you know. But I really think Robert Mueller is going to do – I honestly think Robert Mueller at the end of the day is going to do the job and going to exonerate Trump. I really believe that. Like I said, don't forget he is a Republican. This guy – took down John Gotti, all these people that worked with the Democrats in order to get laws passed in New York City, which a lot of people don't know about. you got to understand, they took a lot of these bad people down. And I really like Robert Mueller, and I think he's a good guy, honestly. I mean, you might not agree with everything that, you know, the people in the FBI, like Peter Strzok and all those guys say, but they've been exposed, you know. But I really believe Robert Mueller is a good guy. He's going to work for Trump. I honestly believe that. Josh, go ahead, and then we're going to get other comments. Josh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I I would I would push back against that just because uh and you know I love you Gianni, but I I'll, I'll join in with those people <laughs> that push against you in, on Facebook. Uh you know, there's a there's a good friend of the show from uh Louisiana that has a book on Robert Mueller uh that I've started reading and he connected to some Senator, really uh, John Milkovich who's bringing, like, the Kennedy yes. and Joe Lieberman moderate back to the Democratic Party. But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and his, his book is called Robert Mueller, Aaron Boy for the New World Order. For the New and World I mean, Order. There's some – I've just started reading that book, and there are some very shady, shady, shady things. 
I would love to have you. I would love to have had him on the show uh, for for you to say that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I we'll have to schedule both of you guys on at the same time because I think that would be a really Absolutely. interesting exchange. But uh, he he's he's extremely sketchy. Uh, if I, I mean, and I don't obviously. I've just started reading the book, but Milkovich knows so much more about that than I do. Right. Uh, Clint, I'll go to you. Oh, no, actually, Will, Will first, and then Clint. Oh, Josh, are you done? Yeah, I'm done. We're good. Okay, Will, go ahead. So, Mueller. Mueller, Mueller, Mueller. You know, <laughs> why? How come if, you know, I know Mueller is a, he, he is a registered Republican, and right now, the Democrats, they're, they're loving Mueller because they're expecting him to bring some news to, to the table, say, look, we have proof that President Trump colluded with Russia. We have X, Y, Z. They did this. They did that. So what's the next step after that? They're going to say, okay, that should be grounds for articles of impeachment. Now, why did Mueller ask for uh, an extension then? I mean, wh- why did they have to go another six months? You know, if Mueller is Mueller is truly, you know, a a true conservative Republican, why well, wouldn't just go ahead and wrap it up? I mean, what more is he going to get? And why is he just constantly, you know, going after conservatives? How come he's not no investigation about Hillary Clinton question. when the uranium deal when she yeah. was colluding with Russia? How come now, uh, Schiff? What's his name? Um, I, I'm sorry. What's his name? Adam uh, with Schiff. the whole dossier. Adam Schiff, how come he's not going after Adam Schiff? We have actual tangible proof, a recording of him trying to collude with Russia to get dirt on, or at the time, candidate Trump. I mean, or even President Trump. So we have tangible proof of the Democrats doing stuff, but Mueller is not doing anything about that. So that leaves question exactly where does Mueller stand? Now, he may be a stand-up guy. But he's which is why I hate the double, which is why I hate the double standard. You know? Can I, I mean, respond? The Democrats get away with so much, and then we have to be held accountable for whatever we do. But uh, Will, f- finish what you're saying, and then Clint. Oh yeah, I mean oh, it's just fine. he it's been it's going on for how long? And you know, and maybe he is on the background just gathering data, gathering information, and maybe he's making it look like the, the whole facade that he's like going after Trump, and then that it's going to bring down the hammer. And, and go and indictment after indictment after indictment. That would be a dream come true, but as it stands right now, it just doesn't look that way. No, that is yeah. a dream. Uh, uh, and uh, with all due uh, awareness of the, the use of you were making of the language there, and I thought you did a great job with that. And I certainly, Johnny, you know, um, you can certainly make some of the comments you made, and I respect your opinion. Uh, significantly, and I know you've studied Mueller perhaps more than I have. To me, he goes back to skull and bones. He goes back to the white guy, rich guy fraternity, elitist northeast uh, Rockefeller wing of the Republican Party going back about 60 years until Reagan and Goldwater broke it up. Okay, and to me, he's not he's not a stand-up guy or this investigation would be over. The other question I've got is, what about 65,000 emails that nobody ever seems to get around to talking about? How come there have not been investigations, I mean serious ones, launched into this woman who not only was a candidate for president, she was the secretary of state in very significant 
military crisis uh, periods of time, including Benghazi in the Middle East. And uh, and who was on that list of 65,000 emails? Would we find one Barack Hussein Obama with a phony email address thinking he's going to fake out people with that? I'm yeah. sure that we would, okay? What did they talk about? Were political assassinations talked about? Was this ambassador to Libya who was gay and who may have had uh, uh, some connections to some Turkish arms dealers that were putting money into Hillary and Barack's pocket, okay, and they wanted this guy dead. I'm talking about Christopher Stevens, who was pulled out of that consulate. He was sodomized a hundred times. He was stabbed. He was shot. He was burned. He was quartered, and he was drugged through the streets of Benghazi. You may remember Hillary Clinton had a campaign commercial when she ran years ago saying, there's a a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning. There's a crisis somewhere Mm -hmm. in the world. Who do you want answering that call? You couldn't even get a hold of Hillary Clinton at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Washington time, let alone 3 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Okay. Yeah, and talk, about, I and, know talk, what, and talk about Mueller. Let's not forget about Comey leaking information. Absolutely. Comey is dirty all the way. He's investigated the Clintons four times. He always makes a big deal out of it at the end of the day. He gags and says, well, you know, I got them on 13. I, I can speak 13 minutes about all the crap they've done, but not enough to indict them. And they use the old ham sandwich analysis. <laughs> Why not? Okay. So, anyway, I rest my case. Can I have That's a time to chime in on this? Yeah, I'll tell you. I, I like Cliff. I, I'll tell you. I, I, I'm getting to really respect you, Cliff. I, <laughs> That's well, thank great. you, Johnny. I, and I, I want to say for the rest of the panel, I don't, I can't speak for them all, but you got to drop the bunch that bombshell at the beginning of the show. I mean, <laughs> that was great as far as Mueller goes. <laughs> uh, so, so you know, I, I go back with like Cliff was saying when when you look back at Skull and Crossbones, and you look back at, for instance, Kavanaugh hearing. You know, Kavanaugh was against Bill Clinton. With his, uh, you know, with respect to uh, the uh, impeachment of Bill Clinton, that's the reason yeah. why he had a, so much crap thrown at him by the by the by the left. So, you know, I, I you know, I, I don't share the utopian view that he's going to come out and say 100% exonerated. If he comes out and it, it will it will be muddy, it will be enough mud that the Democrats are going to run with it. That, oh, well, yeah, this is what he said, but – because remember, you had Obama saying there was nothing. You had Gates say that there was nothing. You had Comey said that there was nothing. But that's not enough. That's not enough. So we keep going and going and going and going. And to me, you know, it, it would be great if he came out and said, hey, complete exoneration. But I don't think that's his role in this, and I think that role goes way back – and it doesn't no, have anything to do with what's going on now. Now, you may remember Lawrence Walsh, professor, and how long his witch hunt went on. And I don't know uh, how much money they spent, but it was in the many, many millions of dollars in 1989 dollars. And, and at the end of the day, I don't remember him coming forward with much of anything. Uh, but he investigated it forever. This is an investigation in search of a crime. Okay, not the other way around. And, uh, uh, you know, it's... Democrats don't need facts. They don't need evidence. What they need is they need a purpose, and the purpose, as someone mentioned earlier, 
is to bring down Donald Trump, and you do that by bringing down people around him. You think they're going to cave, turn state's evidence, and say something you can use against Trump. Otherwise, who cares what that third-rate hack attorney Cohen thinks, okay? So he paid Norman <laughs> Davis 100000 bucks to stay quiet. Uh, Kamala Harris and Willie, what's the difference between uh, Stormy Daniels and Kamala Harris? I want to know. What's the difference? Okay. Uh, it's prostitution either way for different purposes. And I, and if you're going to look at the, at the uh, value of it, well, a lot of people might argue Stormy is a lot more honest about what she's doing than Kamala is. So it's, it's oh, yeah. they're so wound up with each other. They go to the same cocktail parties. I used to be part of this a little bit. I was an advanced guy. I saw it. They suck up to each other. Everybody knows everybody. Uh, the Clintons have got something on everybody. They're like the, the J. Edgar Hoovers of this generation. <laughs> Otherwise, all the yeah, I would come out. Except that J. Edgar Hoover looks better in a tutu than Hillary does. J. Edgar Hoover never wore pants. Oh. I'll say that right now. Anyway, I'll shut up. <laughs> that was hey, awesome. Rory, hey, yeah, go ahead. I'll respond. You know... You know, so I heard everything you guys are saying, and I mean, you guys did bring up some good points, you know, about why didn't he just, you know, close the investigation when he found nothing, you know, for it. My, here's you—you you bring up the skull and bones in the past. Do you think? I mean, is this just a suggestion? I mean, do you think? Because you know, Trump and Hillary Clinton, all these people were good friends. I mean, they. He knows all the people. He said on the debate stage, I used to give money to these people, and they do whatever the hell they, I, uh, I want them to do. And do you believe that the Hillary Clinton and those, all those people, those Democrats that he used to give? Because he is from New York City. You know, most New York City, New Yorkers it's are Queens. Democrats. And, yeah, well, Queens, yeah. And um, He's not a Manhattan guy. He was not in the club. He's a Queens guy that they didn't like. They actively opposed you know, he's he's made it on his own. Does he has he given money to Hillary Clinton and has he given money to Giuliani and everybody else? Of course he has. That's what developers do all over the United States because they have to. I gave money to Tom Bradley when he ran for mayor. He was an excellent man. I would have given it anyway, but he was a liberal Democrat. Okay, and and you know the reality of it is, is they if Trump's not everybody's buddy. Uh, he's went out and built the empire on his own. Uh, you know. These people the sitting in and judging this man, they've been a rap, a, a, you know, apparatchiks. They're political hacks, as he says. They've been making money based on, you know, what they've got on other people. It's a big labyrinth of interconnected bad relationships that we have in what we call the swamp. And we've got this ongoing layer of thousands of people back there who they survive all the administrations. They bring all of the information they've got, all of the innuendo they've got, and they have stuff on people. And that's why nothing moves back there. Everybody's afraid they're going to get hit by, uh, by the latest rumor. And, the, and furthermore, they know they're guilty. Well, again, and, and which, which, which brings me to my point. I was saying, you remember when uh, Donald Trump on the debate stage with Hillary Clinton, he said that Bill Clinton said way worse on the golf. You know, so yep. I'm thinking – what if, just what if Trump, even though, like you said, he gave these because he, he was a businessman. So he's really not a part of the club, but he knew all these people. He knew all the celebrities, all the Hollywood celebrities, all the prostitutes. He knew all the parties that happened in Hollywood and New York City. He knew all this stuff. And I really believe that 
it was good that the Republican Party chose chose him because he understands how the swamp works. He understands how billionaires can just own a candidate because he used to do it for his own, you know, yeah. own gain. You know, but things as far as corruptness and things of that nature and stuff, I believe Donald Trump did some things maybe he shouldn't have done right. in the past. I mean, he had Roy right. Cohn for, for for a guy he looked up to. This guy, you know, was a gangster's um, lawyer. I mean, come on, it's not good, but yeah. he done bad things in the past, you know. Well, so I think he understands how the swamp works. And let, let's face yeah. it, you know, let's, let's face, you know, business in the 80s and 90s, in the New York and New Jersey area where Trump was doing a lot of opening his hotels, opening his casinos, you know, there, there were a lot of people in the mafia, you know, doing, uh, you know, getting yep. large chunks of money to, to businessmen. And it, it was like a common thing. And I, and I, I mean, even Trump, you know, would probably tell you if you were a close friend of his, yeah, I did some dealings back in the day with the mob, people in the mob, you know, but what's the big deal? It's like, it was a common thing today. You know, it, it's like, you know, it's such a horrible thing, and, and looked, you know, it's 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 like look like it looked at in a bad way. But I don't I don't think a lot of people understand how the economy once worked. Uh, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. I mean, there were many successful, great businessmen that were good people, and they were getting help from the mob because the mob had had a lot of connections, they had a lot of resources, and they had a lot of capital. And control. Um, yes. what, they always yeah, and me. control. We'll we'll go ahead. Will. Or Josh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, Will, go ahead. Yeah, Will, go ahead. No, go to go to Josh. I'll go after Josh. Okay. All right, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, in, in discussions about the mob, I mean, what uh, what was just said is absolutely true. I mean, it was kind of just the, especially in New York and some, and you know, Chicago and Detroit. The cost, I mean, there was a cost of entry of if you wanted to get things done, you had to work with the mob. It was just kind of the way it was. You know, when you're trying to be a successful businessman, especially in the real estate game, you, you know, you had to, you were rubbing shoulders with these people anyway, and you don't exactly yep. want to rub shoulders with people who have, you know, have no problem killing you, and you don't really want to rub their shoulder the wrong way. You work with them whether you like it or not, because you value your life. Now, you know, you, can, you <laughs> could have stayed out of the business, so to speak, but then, you know, you don't go and look for your highest uh, version of, you know, success. So I think anybody who could possibly have a problem with Trump or anyone else being involved, um, you know, or doing any dealing yeah, with exactly a mob right. during Very that well time is foolish. They, they, they yeah. control every union. They control every resource in the city of New York. They had all the contractors. I can tell you, when I was in that business, nobody knows who I am, but I did the same kind of thing in, in Las Vegas and in Southern California for about 25 years. And up and down, my, my earnings record looks like a roller coaster ride. But I can tell you, uh, no offense to anybody on the panel here, because I am an evangelical Christian, the people that screwed me over on deals were the Christians, okay? Uh, the guys in the mob that I ran into and bought some things through me, they paid like exactly what they were supposed to on time and were grateful to do it. And uh, so we have these stereotypes, all the mob, and I'm not, I, I, I'm not saying I'm a, a huge fan of the mob, 
uh, you know, right. I, when the Sopranos used to be on TV, I saw a certain amount of moral clarity in Tony Soprano right. that I that I don't see in uh, some of the teleministers that are out there on Sunday afternoons on on, on your local television station. And it's <laughs> it's uh, you know, I mean, it, it maybe maybe that's a minority view, but uh, Donald Trump has seen it and he has negotiated with it. Nothing surprises him when he goes in to talk to Zing. He's not he's not shaking in his boots with no disrespect yep. to Mr. Obama. What did he ever negotiate before he came to the White <laughs> House? I mean, he's a community organizer in Chicago. <clears throat> Prove it. What is organized about Chicago at this point? <laughs> Nothing. Maybe for a little rec, maybe for a little rec center he was. And, you know, Obama still has yet to release, you know, some of his records. And he's been so shady. And remember the fake birth certificate? You know, my good friend Joe Arpaio, who I see you know, multiple times a week, you know, started the whole investigation into Obama. Uh, you know, back in the day, he was the first one. And then it's funny how Obama produced a, a government doctored uh, document. And uh, everybody looked at the, the birth certificate uh, that worked a lot alongside Arpaio. And these guys are experts in, uh, you know, challenging whether the birth certificate is real or not. And every one of these experts said it's a fake birth certificate. It's fake. I've seen every birth certificate known to mankind. This is a doctored document. I, I don't want to get too off topic, but Jesus Christ. I mean, there's just so much. Well, I'm going to go to you real quick. Okay. I can't really speak too much on the uh, the whole mob thing because, I mean, I kind of – I think I might have been married into the mob myself, so. Um, I can't really say too much about well, that. Well, then you definitely um, can't worry to it. No, I can't you don't say know anything. You don't so. know any more than uh, what's her name did when she was married to the guy in Scarface, Michelle. What's her name? Piper. <laughs> and she married this guy yeah. Johnny, whatever it was. Uh, Welcome to my world. Uh, see my little friend. Okay. <laughs> she didn't know what he was yeah, doing either. Well, so I just, I just say when I got married, uh, I had my uh, uncle Frank came up to me and said, "Welcome to the family." So, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was, it was pretty interesting. But, you know, to talk about how, you know, Trump knowing all of these people and dealing with all these different people and and having power over certain politicians, which is a true statement. He, he completely acknowledged it. He let the cat out the bag, and he said, I did it myself. He utilized people when he needed to. The problem yep. is, is that now the establishment doesn't have control <laughs> over him. And yeah. the, the whole Luminati, the whole mob boss, everything, all of them, they're upset because they're not controlling him. He is not doing yeah. their bidding. And right. and he, he even went to as far as, uh, you know, saying that, hey, I don't owe anybody anything. So they right. want to get rid of him because they can't, they can't control him. They can't manipulate him. They can't tell him how we're going to go to war. They can't tell him who we should kill. And there, it's a major problem with them because he pulled us out of the Paris Climate Agreement, the whole TPP, and now they came up with this whole green thing where we can't even drive a daggone vehicle any longer or get on an airplane to go to Hawaii. These people yep. are insane. Yep, they are. Well, I mean, you know, Will, I was yeah, worried earlier. Was, yeah, go ahead, Johnny. Yeah, I was going to say just to add uh, add to his point, you know, like I like you know. 
before we leave the mob thing, you know, I, I, I know the mob done good things. Remember, my dad was NYPD, so he know that whole thing about the mob. And they did keep the community in order wherever they were. I, I would agree with that. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's just he knows this is why I believe Trump won and why we saw this guy, because he knows how the swamp works. He, he can manipulate it. And he can uh, uh, go against it as much as he wants because he was the been there. So he knows just like when uh, the Republican debate, whenever, you know, he heard booze in the crowd, he was like, oh, yeah, that's all his lobbyists and special interests. You know, and it's like yeah. he knows it because he was once there. So he knows the whole game. So that's why I think yeah. Trump, no one else could do what he does right now. No one else just because, oh, let's take another celebrity and put them on a debate stage right. and, and become a president. It couldn't happen. But Trump, a businessman, he worked with politicians. He has politicians wrapped around his finger. He understands the swamp, and he understands how to drain the swamp, and he understands how to work around it, which is why I really like him. And about the Green New Deal, I mean, see, that that be I I don't even give air to that, man. I mean, that's ridiculous. No one's gonna do that. Even that. Which is why Nancy Pelosi is looking at it like, oh my god. And you're right with with the whole Green Deal and AOC Cortez, like. I don't even want to give that woman airtime. Anything she says, I try to avoid it, and I try not to even say it on the air because I don't want to give her the time of day. But this whole, you know, the whole drama and the whole backlash and it making every headline news scenario today with the Green Deal, I had to talk about it and how ridiculous it is. Let me, you know what? Let me, she let me even say, knows it's ridiculous, I, and she only wants attention to gain her political career. But we'll go ahead. I was just going to say the reason why I brought it up is because Cory Booker is endorsing that plan. Kamala Harris is endorsing <laughs> that plan. And then Nancy Pelosi backtracked, and now she is like, yes, we need people to be more innovative. Right, and I just found out a fun fact today, and you would, you would have never guessed, and I'm being sarcastic, by the way. Cory Booker is a, uh, a vegan, soy boy. I mean, who would have ever thought? <laughs> Soy uh, boy. Yeah, the, hey, look, Rory. Rory that male breast uh, thing. Gotta watch it, you know. Sneak up on you, Rory. You're not going to just like I just, like um, uh, breasts. I just Rory, think it's so, interesting. No, it's hilarious. I just think it's interesting how the uh, the conversation went from the government. How the government went, I mean, how the conversation went from the government to the mafia. <laughs> when they're, the they're kind of intertwined, right? Yeah, you got right. it. So, oh, yes. It's all intertwined. Yeah. We, you know, we explain could talk to me about, how we a congressman. We could talk about this all day. Yeah. I am on a clock, though. It, 20 seconds, exactly. so if you can, Dr. Branch, make a quick point. No, I, 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 you know, I just appreciate what everybody said. You know, it's it's funny how a public servant who's only worked, you know, for on the public dole ends up with ten, twenty million dollars. Yeah. yeah, you know, so, yeah. you're right. You're Obama, right. Dr. Example, Prince, please the promote where people the Obama. Find you. We do got to start. We do yeah. got to start wrapping up. I am really on a clock. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be kicking people off, but I do. I'm. I'm. I'm starting to wrap up. I have two minutes left, so I have to be off. Hey, thanks for having me on. If you want to get a hold yeah. of me, it's dr. Yeah. Period for Doctor Robert yeah. Branch at gmail dot com. That's R O B E R T B R A N C H at gmail dot com. Go ahead and email me. I'll get right back. Sounds to you. good. Okay, we'll get awesome. you on again, Doctor Branch, next week. Thank you. Uh, Will Johnson, tell everybody where they can find you. 
UniteAmericaFirst.com. You can find everything out Perfect. about me right there. Excellent. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Well, we'll get you on next week again. Talk to you All soon, right. buddy. Take care. All right. Gianni, real quick, where everybody can find you. Yeah, I just wanted to say the guy from the walkaway campaign is going to face AOC in two years for the congressional district. Um, also, um, uh, yeah, also Gianni, G-I-A-N-N-I, Rodriguez-Paris, two R's in the Rodriguez with a Z. Excellent, buddy. We'll have you on next week. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, Josh, go ahead real quick. Yeah, give me a follow on Instagram at J-O-S-H-H-L-A-V-A-T-Y. Excellent. And Clint, tell everybody where they can find you. Well, they can go to my Facebook page or they can go to my uh, my email, which is clint.unplugged at cox.net. And uh, uh, they can do my hear my show, 1420kotk.com. Uh, we're on okay. five days a week and uh, would love Perfect. to have you on. Uh, all of you are just tremendous people, and I've been privileged right. to be with you tonight. Thank you, Clint. Have a good one. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. It's been a fantastic show. I want to thank all the guests all my co-hosts, all my sponsors, and all my amazing audience. Um, Remember, we are now downloadable and listened to in 22 different countries, also on over 50 different online platforms. Uh, What a great show tonight, though. Uh, Please visit GetYourAppBuilt.com. Again, that's GetYourAppBuilt.com, my company, for your free consultation today. Whatever app idea you may have, we can help you with. And also visit my company, TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com. Again, that's TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com. For all your authentic Trump merchandise. Everybody, we'll be back with you next week. Have a good weekend. Much love. Cheers. Thank you.